My name is Anthony Capazzoli, and this is the Dismantled Life Podcast, where we share stories of hope, love, and strength from the darkness of addiction into the sunlight of sobriety. These are stories from people just like us who have lived through the pain and made it. No matter how bad it gets, just know that you can and will recover. It takes work. It takes hard work. Each week, we talk in detail about what it takes to make it, what it takes to beat your addictions. I am a recovering addict from alcohol, cocaine, and nicotine. My addiction started in eighth grade. I am now 50. I had over 40 years of very bad habits to break. I hit rock bottom hard. More than once, I nearly died. I would have left my wife and two young children behind. I've been clean and sober for nearly three years. I completely dismantled my entire life and rebuilt it from the ground up. I believe to make it in recovery, it takes a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual approach. It takes a positive mindset. It takes hard work. It takes a village. Join me weekly to learn from my sober superhero guests on the Dismantle Life podcast. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Please be sure to leave a rating and review anywhere you listen to your podcasts and let me know if you want to be on the show. Happy recovery. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I have been a fan of yours on Instagram since I joined the social media side of sobriety because I've always hated social media. But I have found so many wonderful people, alliances is almost in the fellowship, if you will, that I've I've gotten so much out of it. I, I've gotten so you're on the show, but I've been following you for a long time on Instagram and so many other great people that have just four or five followers. You're in the in the seven ten thousand area, um, but I love it, and I, I I really do want to say thank you for all the great things that you put out there because I, I I'm motivated by it, and it, it it sometimes just puts a smile on my face for the day. So it's great. I'm so so glad. Yeah. You know, that's really all I want to do is, you know, just put positivity out there and show that um, life and sobriety is, is good and fun. And it really is. Yeah. (laughs) It's so much better. Um, Before we dive into your story, I I have, so I've been sober for about three and a half years and um, everyone's heard my story. If you haven't, it's episode one, but it alcohol, cocaine, and nicotine in a long time. I mean, eighth grade up until about three and a half years ago. So I had a lot of very old demons to, to fight and put away. Yes. Life has been so much better since. And that's not just, uh, you know, a flight of fancy here. Like my life is better in every possible way because of sobriety. And in spite, in spite of the alcohol and the drugs. And what I mean is like, I have fallen in love with the struggle and I enjoy my sobriety and what it takes to remain sober and clean and then stare those demons down and win, you know, and it's, I don't get, I try not to get cocky because I know how hard it is. Um, and if the second I slip, it will be the, it'll be a bad day. So I got to be careful. The old adage that, you know, your addictions out there doing pushups. Yes. Waiting for you. So yeah, absolutely. Well, Shay, thank you so very, very much for being on the show. I am. Thanks for having me. So happy to be here. Your content, your, your podcast, and the the ones that I've listened to so far are just are awesome. You've had oh, some really you. good guests on, so yeah, I really thank appreciate you. having you. Thank you very very much, and I have been blessed with some wonderful guests and some wonderful stories and people sharing their journeys. And one of the things I'm most proud about on the show 
is uh, I try to avoid at all costs the gladiator school approach where we talk, we've all, the through line is we've all been through hell and back uh, and it doesn't matter how much you did, but we all know that we did it, whatever it was um, at the level that got us here, which, but the story that I love to hear is kind of what life was like at the beginning before maybe pre-addiction, I'll call it. And then okay. the transition and then, on into the breaking point or the rock bottom, as it were, and then on to the sunshine. So that's kind of a thread that I like to follow. Um, if you're okay with that, I would love to hear what life was like before things got ugly with the addictions. Sure. Um, so I grew up in a, a religious, a conservative religious household, but I, but I had an addicted father. Um, so my dad's been an addict since he was a teenager. Um, cocaine is his drug of choice, but he'll do pretty much anything. Alcohol, uh, he still drinks to this day, but does not believe he's an alcoholic. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll leave that to him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was, <laughs> that was always a little bit different, difficult because of the convolutedness of it, where, you know, go to church, do all these things, but here I am, you know, a drug addict and not, not practicing what I preach. So that, that was difficult for me, but, um, luckily I, I did have some really good influences. And so I didn't touch alcohol in high school or junior high or anything, um, early on. I, um, I didn't drink until after high school when I first got, I got married to my first husband, mm -hmm. um, I'm divorced from now, but a high school, you know, young, young type thing. That was when I really first started experimenting with alcohol. You know, I was on my own. I wasn't under my parents' roof. So it was partying all the time. I mean, I was pretty much in college, but I wasn't in college. I, like, it was like I lived, you know, sure. me and my husband lived on our own, but we had friends over all the time and we were just partying all the time, 19, 20 years old. You know, that was that. But then I divorced him and that's actually where my drinking got really out of control. It was after that divorce, because for me being so young, I, I felt a lot of guilt, I guess, over divorce. Divorce was looked down upon in my, in my culture and my religion. And so drinking numbed that pain. Yeah. And, you know, from there on, I, I drink probably every day from about 2007 to 2010. Um, in that time, surprisingly, actually met and married my current husband, who I'm still married to. Um, he's stuck by me out through all the craziness. Taking a, a half a step back, was the first marriage the cause of the divorce alcohol related or was it separate from that? I would say that it was a part of it. I don't think that it was the whole thing, um, but definitely, uh, you know, seeing the craziness that alcohol brings out in people didn't help. <laughs> and I had some, yeah. I had some past trauma as well. I had, um, a sexual assault from a neighbor when I was 11. Um, and so, you know, I, I have some PTSD from that, but sure. luckily I've now I have therapy. I have a wonderful therapist and, um, I've been able to work past that, but I did drink over that for a long time as well. So I think that I was putting a lot of that on my first husband and he didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> now, you know, I can't be your therapist. I'm 19. I'm, I'm 20 years old. I'm still, you know, we're still kids at that age. We don't yeah, absolutely. We, and, think, and we think we're grown, but we're not. That's right. I mean, and, and with trauma, I, I mean, you, dealing with that trauma, if you don't deal with it, if you're at 
50 or 60. I mean, you're, you're still struggling with how to properly deal or manifest that in a positive way. And I, I think that a guest on, a po- on my podcast said before that the secrets have edges and trauma is usually somewhere in there and you're hiding something, you're not sure how to deal with it. So it, it, it turns into different kinds of addiction. I'm not a therapist, but th- that's a common line where people try to right. deal with things by getting numb. Um, yes, from alcohol absolutely. and drugs. I did the same thing. I mean, um, so I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's, it's scary because you think things are fine and then they're not. Yeah. So. Yeah. You, you, it's when that trauma pops up, you know, sometimes out of, out of nowhere for people, it's, it's very easy to turn to substance to not think about it and to, and to, yeah. to bury it again, almost, you know, to be like, oh, I'm just going to never think about this. Right. Sure. I'm going to hide behind this bottle or this can or this line or whatever it is. Uh, and, and, you know, that's, that's what happened to you. That's what happened to me. That happens to lots of folks. Uh, and it's scary. And, and the, the point of this is, I think that being in being sober and in recovery, you learn to deal with that and, and take on the pain exactly. the right way. Uh, and that's, uh, that's I couldn't do it story. when I was drinking. I, no. You know, you can't reach the parts of you that are hurt if you're numb. So yeah, until you can, until you can stop numbing, which, you know, coming to that conclusion and that decision is a whole thing in itself until you can get there. It, it's very hard to peel back the, the layers of the onion and, and reach those hurt parts and heal them. So, but it is possible and it's a lot more possible than I think people think it is. Yeah. But that's only because they haven't done it. They, they, they're out of practice or they've been numbing out for so long or from such a young age that it's just absolutely terrifying to even think of facing it. When actually it's not as scary maybe as, as, as it might be once, you, once you've got some recovery behind you, I think. Once you kind of start pushing the, the boulder up the hill, Sisyphus, uh, like Sisyphus a bit, you, you realize that you can not only can you, you can do this, but you feel better doing so. And then you, you don't rely on old habits to get you through things anymore because you're dealing with them the right way. You're putting them aside. Uh, and the boulder doesn't get easier to push. You just get stronger. Um, you have maybe more the boulder. to push the boulder. Maybe, yeah. maybe a bulldozer, you know, you got yeah, a bulldozer exactly. to help you this thing. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. That is absolutely here. right. Yeah. You've got clarity, the mental clarity that comes with sobriety. Who knew? Yeah. I didn't know my mind could think so clearly through from one, from one thought to the next, all the way to a conclusion, you know, before it'd be like, oh, I hate this. So I'm just not even going to think about it or process it. I'm just going to get drunk. And then my inhibitions will come out and I'll say what I really think. And it was like, right, exactly. But, Which, But then manifest. I'm hurting people and almost abusive you know it comes out all the wrong way every time it's never the solution it's always part of the problem because it just gets worse and worse you have to drink more and do more whatever it is to keep it hidden Um, yeah (laughs) so for you then um you 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 have divorced your first husband and then now you are dealing with the same traumas but you're in a new marriage a new relationship yes. and you're still with him fascinated because of the fact that you didn't really start drinking until a little bit older, where a lot of people with the kind of trauma that you went through would have started right then. Uh, and you didn't. Yeah. So that's interesting. Right. 
And yeah, you know, for me, I was very lucky. I just had good friends. Um, that's, I think that's what got me through school, but yeah. So when I, when I got divorced and I drank every day for three years, I mean, I remember thinking back, like, have I, have I skipped a day at all? And the answer was no. Yeah. Even if it was just one shot and Mm -hmm. you know, but yes, every single day, at least something. And so I knew something was wrong, but I also was hiding it. So people didn't know that I was drinking every day, but it was just something that became a habit to hide the hurt of the divorce in the beginning for me and, you know, and the PTSD from the stuff earlier. But so my baby sister, who was probably 13 or 14 at the time, she actually wrote me a letter and that was kind of the the turning point when I was like, okay, other people know that this is a problem, you know? Um, and so I told my husband and we got me into a a rehab. So that's where I feel like the beginning of my recovery journey really starts is in 2010. Um, I went to a 90 day inpatient. Mm. I still wasn't an alcoholic in my mind, but I was doing it to kind of prove a point, you know, that, all right, let's go. Hey, at least I can talk about this trauma that I've had at this place, you know, maybe, maybe this will get me to a place where I can drink like a normal person is what I thought. Right. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I only laugh because I, I I know that mental conversation completely. Like I'm just gonna, I'm gonna slow things down. I'm not going to drink until Friday or I'm not going to start drinking until 8 PM or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So I, or, you know, that kind of, and then what I would, I would still pack it in. I would just drink till 6 AM and then I'm doing cocaine the whole time. So it's brutal. But, or uh, just do five shots in a row, right at, right. You know, right at the time that you can, so that they're all down and hitting your stomach real fast. Yes. And make up for the lost three hours that you wish you could have started, that you were obsessing about it the whole time anyway. For sure. You were obsessing about it, so you weren't present or doing anything worthwhile anyway. Yeah. Just chasing it the whole time. I, I'm curious, without giving away any of your sister's confidences, could you share a little bit of the nature of the letter? Not anything specific, but was she saying, you know, my beloved sister, Shay, you have a problem. I'm, or I miss you. Is it that kind of a letter? I'm curious. Yeah, it was really um, so wise for her age, you know, just we grew up, but she grew up seeing my dad too, hmm. um, seeing the problems that he had. And so I think she recognized some of those similarities, even though I turned to alcohol whereas he was more of a hard drug guy. She just saw a lot of the similarities and she was worried about me. And that's what she said, you know, I'm worried about you. And that's what really hit me too. It was like, I don't want people to worry about me. I never want anyone to worry about me. Like I'm fine. I'm good. Right. I'm strong. I, I got this and no one's going to tell me any different. You know, that's part of the head fake, right? Our shared addictions and in that we always think that we're in control, but we're not because we're, we're always, like you said, you said it perfectly where you're jonesing or chasing or thinking completely about when you can drink because you hit the brakes on yourself. So you're not present, you're not available. And then when you do drink, you hit it so hard that you're, you're not there. I would literally fiend all day long and I would sneak lines of Coke, which is all bullshit, right? Everyone knew, but I was thinking to myself, I'm getting away with this. Right. And nearly drove myself into the grave. But that part of not being present is a big deal. Or if, uh, and I always say this when I'm talking about this specifically, but when people go to dinner 
and I'm only drinking on the weekends kind of thing. Or I, I call it like mom happy hour. It seems to be more and more present these days. Than Mommy even wine if, culture. Yeah, it's it's yeah. really sad when all of a sudden you have to have three bottles of wine for a play date. Like that's uh, that's a little bit crazy. And it, it's not just because there's T-shirts that make it cute. Doesn't make it cute. It's it's <laughs> it makes problem. it it's messy. It's messy. Yeah, it's really yeah. nuts, uh, and it's a sad state of affairs. I think that the other side of social media, as giving as it is for those of us in recovery, is it takes as much away too if you use it the wrong way. When people promote people promote like drinking at children's events, or I actually I saw a, a glass that had like a nipple on it, like a baby bottle, and I'm like, this is. This is really bad. I say this all the time on the show. I've been to so many birthday parties where there's more alcohol than birthday presents and cupcakes and stuff. It's ridiculous. It's sad that that that's the culture that we live in, that adults feel that they need to booze up to have a good time. I mean, I know I did, though. I did not know how to have fun without booze for a long time. And I was really afraid that I never would. I was the same way. That I would not know how, that it would that I would just never have fun again. I was never going to feel real joy. I was never going to feel that excitement that booze gave me, you know, that's a lie. That's a lie that booze tells you when, when you're drinking booze. <laughs> it, it is. And people associate it so much with their social life or whatever they're associating it with. But it's usually, it, it normally has to do with, like you said before, where you, you kind of get your alcohol courage or your sexuality comes from being drunk or your relationship stamina because you only you get along best when we're out drinking and partying and there's no real threads of anything in there because because like for me I was always consumed with you know alcohol and drugs so I didn't even know who the hell I was until three and a half years ago same same for me but 17 months I totally get it and it's just been like a process of learning who I am. I'm 36 and I feel like I'm 22, but not yeah. like in a good, like, oh, I'm young way, but like, a, right. oh crap, like. I'm <laughs> catching up to do. Uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm so lacking the education and like the social learnedness of how to just have like social interactions. I didn't do it for so long, but, but being, but learning after having so long of sobriety, it, I did get to a point where you can kind of put your foot in the water. Like, okay, I'll go to this wedding with my husband and I'll take my own car. And if I need to bounce, I can. And, and yeah. the more that you do it, it's like anything practice make, you know, once you do it and realize that you can do it and that you didn't die and that, <laughs> no, you know, and you, you had a decent time, you know, the one thing I want to say is I rem- for the last 10 years in between my rehab and this last time getting sober, what was different this time was that I didn't want it anymore. Every time before it was for someone else, I was just proving a point like, oh, yeah. I don't have a problem. So I'd have bouts of three or four or five months of sobriety, but then I'd go back for a new year's Eve or a vacation or, and then it, you know, it'd be a, a good year of drinking, whatever. Yeah. But, um, I remember going to weddings in the last 10 years during sobriety bouts and being frustrated and angry, but that's because I wasn't being sober for the right reasons. Yeah. Whereas like now when I say that I have fun and doing social things sober, it's so much more different because I'm excited about sobriety and I, and I know that I have to be sober. I, I learned that I cannot control my drinking. Yeah. I, I, I can't have this one. I, I, I'm exactly the same way. And, and I, 
like you, I never had any bouts of, I was never dry for any length of time because I, and I say dry because sober and dry are different. I mean, dry drunk. Um, so I never had those bouts. I just knew that I was just going to keep doing what I was going to do to hell with anybody or anything. And now when I'm, because I'm in recovery and sober, I, I people know that I'm sober. And I, I will talk about it if people ask me and my children, I will give them the detail um, with distinction, depending on the age of the person I'm speaking to, like my children are nine and six. So I don't give them oh, the bloody details. But... Too. Oh, really? That's nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I answer questions and I'm open with it uh, in a polite way. So they get the message without the edges. So to say. I'm not hiding anything, but they're nine and six. They don't need the bloody details. Okay. But guess what my nine-year-old's favorite show is? Intervention. Really? No joke. That that girl loves it because I, I huh. talked to her about it. I'm like, this is, you know, this is real stuff. Like yeah. she's like, I that and I'm I'm glad that she's interested in it and that she takes it in. And she was like, I'm I don't want to do that because that's how it was for me when I seeing my dad. I didn't really realize that alcoholism was as bad, just as bad, you know, that you can get just as sucked in and it can be it can have oh, yeah. its, its grip on you just like drug, other drugs. Oh, uh, definitely. It, and it's socially so. I always tell people like, well, I shouldn't, everybody would think this, but socially alcoholism is something you do or you, you, people come by, would you like a glass of wine? Would you like some champagne? So you're socially gifting it and it's very well received. People don't bust out lines of cocaine. I mean, depending yeah, on who you're hey, hanging out with. You want to you wanna go do a line real quick? <laughs> right. Then you can just walk back to your car, you know, like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. But I, I absolutely was in the same position. I did not get dry. I just kept rampaging through it. And then when I got sober, uh, well, actually, let me, let me ask you a question. So you were 90 days in uh, inpatient. And so that was uh -huh. 10, 10 years ago, right? Yeah, years 11 ago? years ago now. Yep. 11 years ago. So in you, bouts of dryness, I'll call it that just for lack yeah. of a better way to put it. And then so you're 18 months, forgive me. Did you say 18 months so, sober now? No, I'll be 18 months on the sixth. That's wonderful. And I, so the one thing you said out of that that's super impactful for me is you did it for yourself. And that's the part of this that now there's a grace in sobriety because I don't give two shits for people to think. I don't get mad if they're drinking or I'll have to leave. I've actually been to weddings, like you said, and left at a certain point of the night when it turned right at dinner the other oh, way getting ugly. You can feel that turn, can't you? Oh yeah. You can feel it coming a mile away. And I'm like, if I don't leave now, I'm going to be following those people to the bathroom. And I didn't want to do all that. Uh, so I left and, but the grace in it is you're doing it for yourself. And I think that when you do that, you empower others with your sunshine, your light, because they realize that I don't have to do that, but it's got to be your choice. You can't, no matter what anybody says, you can't be motivated even by my kids. Like it, it had to be for me. I, I tried to quit for my kids. I tried to quit for my husband. I tried to quit for my siblings. I tried to quit for my parents. You know, yeah. I was breaking my mom's heart. My mom, she's stuck, you know, she stuck with my dad for a lot of his addiction and to watch her daughter go through it too. I just, I know that it was breaking her heart and her and I are so close now since I've gotten sober, we'll get together and have lunch and stuff all the time. And it's amazing that I, I guess that we can even have that connection because it was lost for so long. 
but it's possible, you know, all things are possible with sobriety, I guess. And that's, that's really, that's my biggest passion and biggest goal in life since getting sober is just showing people that that's the truth. It, exactly. I, I think that you said it, that's a great way to put it. Everything is possible when, when you're engaged in your not only mentally, but emotionally and spiritually available to yourself and to others. And I, one thing I used to do when I was drinking and doing drugs all the time, I would lie about the stupidest shit ever <laughs> for no reason. It, yeah. There was no reason to lie. And I would lie anyway, just because I felt more comfortable hiding than being yeah. upfront and real. And yeah. being in recovery now, I have dropped all of those facades. And I, that's the other piece too, that I think like you, I'm the best gift I can give my children is, I, you know, I come from a family of alcoholics. I did make my own choices. I do not blame anybody. I, this is, it was my problem, not anybody else's, but I was taking pages from their playbook. So that's the only, but I will offer, but it's entirely my issue. And the thing that I'm doing now, like you is my proudest thing now, not only the podcast and helping others get sober stay sober or get back to sobriety is that I'm giving my kids the opportunity to, to play from a different playbook. They don't have, there's no alcohol in the house. They don't see mom and dad drinking. Um, mom still drinks, but, but you that know, she has a, like a glass of wine, like every six months, maybe. Yeah. So different than watching dad be drunk and drink every single day, never sleeping. So they were forced, they would have for sure. And I'm not saying that they won't now because we all know the kids make their own choices, but yes. at least I'm leading by example the right way, I feel. Right. Um, Breaking generational curses. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's that's everything. And it's because you do it now with grace. And like I say before, is I think that we all wear now, we're all sober superheroes. That is our cape. That is our superpower is leading by example. That's everything. When people I ask totally me. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Like, 100%. how do you quit? Just stop drinking. I know that sounds stupid, but stop drinking. That's step one. Stop doing so. Poison. We it don't really even is. realize how how toxic how toxic it is to every part of us. It's it, it all really ties is. together. So what what was the so when you quit for yourself, you've been sober for almost eighteen months, and now you have this wonderful sober footprint from uh, with Shay Sober on Instagram that I follow and I love and and. So let's talk a bit about what life is like now and, and how you're giving back in your own way, because I really do think that you're one of those out there that I see your posts every day and I really enjoy them. And, and I think that you do it well. Like I've seen some folks who beat their chest. If you want to be like me, take this class and some other bullshit. I don't like that stuff. But yours is soft and well delivered in terms of not only the message is on point, but you do it gracefully, which I think there's a lot to be said for that because so many people, I think, don't. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to point any fingers, but I'm going to say it that way. That's very kind of you. I appreciate that feedback because social media is a double-edged sword in itself. Yeah. It's, again, you know, the more um, attention that you get, sometimes the more of people kind of sometimes forget you're human behind, behind the things that you post. And, but that's okay because I don't, I don't, I've learned in sobriety to not care what other people think either. That's something right. that I think was um, a lot harder for me when I was drinking as I always, I drink 
so that I could fit in with the mold and be like everyone else. Whereas now I feel better just doing what I actually like doing, which is just being at home. Sometimes I don't want to go to the party or, um, (laughs) (laughs) joy of missing out Jomo is what I call it. I'm (laughs) that's great no I like that (laughs) and I'm the most boring my wife and I joke all the time I'm like if everyone looking in in our life now it would appear to be the most boring thing in the world but it's so wonderful like I wake up completely without a hangover it's wonderful people don't realize how much of a gift that actually is and to live your life and be completely present every day and available you never have to worry about who's going to drive i never have to worry about there's a cop behind me i never have to worry about is my drug dealer going to be out of town all that's gone (laughs) and it's amazing i watch a lot of marvel movies with my kids we do a lot of swimming in the pool and it's and what did you say joe well that's the joy of the joy of missing missing out yeah (laughs) (laughs) i like that a lot i think that's uh that's really interesting because I do, yeah. I, I miss out on all the old stuff in the stale, gross, dark corners of alcoholism and addiction. And people don't realize how normal it can seem. And if you don't figure out that you have a problem, it, you, it'll kill you. I just talked to a friend, I'm not going to mention any names, but uh, going through some stuff and literally had a physical, like, passed out because of alcohol induced uh he he didn't have the the, the medical support when he quit drinking for a couple of days he oh yes like a withdrawal detox situation yes and now he's saying that oh no no it wasn't that everyone says it wasn't that i'm fine i'll start drinking again i'm like you you, listen you you're kidding you're going to die (laughs) like and it's this, it's scary how real that becomes if you don't handle it the right way. Uh, so most folks, you know, I was lucky. It was, I almost died. So I, it was an easy rock bottom, even though I bounced a few times. <laughs> a lot of folks don't have that. Um, th- did you have a, a very rocky bottom or was it more of a softer landing? I had a, a just a couple good, yeah, <laughs> what would you call them? Skids or along yeah. a, some kind of a rock? Yeah. yeah. Like, like I didn't get in trouble with the law. I didn't lose my family. You know, I, I didn't lose a job. So I didn't go to jail, anything like that. But I did really start to suffer with my health as well, mm-hmm. like you. Um, and I also got very suicidal towards the end. So um, I ended up in the behavioral health unit um, at the end of 2019. And um, that kind of scared me for a little bit. I stayed sober for a few months, but then I drank again. Yeah. Um, New Year's Eve of 2020. And then COVID hit and we were shut down. And my husband bought like 40 bottles of rum or something. And I probably drank them all within 40 days, like a bottle a day, you know. And I was, I, ha- I ended up in the ER a couple of times. And I woke up after a ma- after a three day bender on a day when I should have gone to the ER, but I didn't. And I just said, enough is enough. I can't do this anymore. And that was the last day. I just finally realized I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired every single day of my life. Like you say, like you can wake up and you can drive. Like in the past, 
it was always like, who's waking up to, to get the kids to school? You know, who's like you are, I can't. And now I wake up every single day and it's no problem whatsoever for me. I, and I have the energy to do it, you know, like you said, and I'm happy to do it and I'm grateful to do it. Um, well, so the other side of that people don't realize is your health improves, not just because you're not drinking, but you're sleeping better. You're yeah. eating better. You have a, uh, your body clock is more in time because I go to bed kind of the, the Jomo portion of this, the joy of missing out. My wife and I, the kids go to bed at eight. I'm in bed at eight 30 on a crazy uh-huh. <laughs> night. It might be nine 30 or 10. That's a nut. That's a crazy night. Now. And Same. I'm up at five 30 or six. And I'm happy. It's, it's wonderful. And that piece of it, I'm not, I'm not slamming pizza and burritos at two or three in the morning. So my whole, all of my health has improved. My blood pressure has improved. So, and then my relationship, not only with myself, but with my children and my family and my friends, my wife, she should have left me five times over and she didn't. Oh, my husband too. I, we, we, I don't know what we did to deserve them, but thank you for staying. That's right. It's right. I mean, honestly, they must have God. seen something in us, right? They must have seen that once we could just get it together and get sober, that yeah, you're right. Because you're a great, you're a great guy too. Like I just, I, I'm so excited to listen to the rest of your podcast because just listening to the few that I've been able to have been really, really enlightening. Thank so you. I'm really appreciative of you having me here, and um, yeah, um, you needed to be doing more on Instagram. I know. I, you know, I, I was going to say, get any tips. Shy about that and just new to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm really comfortable in this medium with podcasting. I love it. I'm not a huge fan of, uh, this is my son, Jasper. You can come and say hello. Hi. Hi. Say, how are you? <laughs> how are you? I'm so good. How are you? Can you hear her? She said, hold on. Say I'm hi. so good. How are you? Good. Good. How old are you? Nine. My daughter is nine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so are you on fourth grade? Third. Okay, cool. <laughs> Do you have a good teacher this year? Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> you, you happy your dad's sober? Good. <laughs> you have to talk. Nobody can see your anything. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm, I'm loving chatting with your dad. <laughs> All right. Say thank you and good night. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye. Do you want mom and dad? I don't know, but I'm, on a, I'm doing this right now. I'll have to talk to you in a little bit. Okay. Um, <laughs> thank you for, for talking with him. He was very excited. He just wanted to say hello. Um, of course. So that's actually something that I, I wanted to talk to you about, if you're okay talking about it, is and, and no trade secrets, but you, you do have a certain charm and magic about your social media approach. And I'm curious, like, how did that start? And I don't want you to give away any secret sauce or recipes on how to be successful, but I do think that your ability to share the emotion behind your post is very interesting to me. You do a great job with that. So how do you do that? That's very kind of you, um, again, to say, honestly, I just kind of started it as a journal. I wasn't starting it as necessarily anything. It was just another tool to keep me sober. Mm -hmm. It was selfish more than anything because I knew if I 
woke up every morning and I was forced to think of something recovery related, sobriety related, and make a meme. So not only am I thinking left-brained, you know, I'm also getting that creative right brain going with it and I'm putting them together. And then I'm also putting it out there for the universe. Um, that just keeps me sober. It's just my accountability. You know, a lot of people use AA and I have an AA home group, which I love. I just don't use it kind of, I don't use it maybe the same way that um, a lot of people do. I just, I use it when I really need a meeting or I just need to go and listen to people that yeah. kind of know the same struggle that I go through and have gone through. Um, but Inst the sober Instagram community has become my daily reprieve, which is what a lot of people teach in AA you need. Um, and I totally agree with because it's a day, it's a day at a time game. Yeah. And yeah. I, as cliche as that is, today's recovery won't work for tomorrow. And so having to do that every day um, was just an accountability check. And then it turned into something where people, people resonated with it. And that I'm just happy that people resonate with it. And at this point, it's just about helping anyone that is out there searching um, for people that are, that have gotten sober and that they're doing it. I just want to show that, that you can, that's all. I, I was going to say, I, I think the, the, the two things I'll, I would say about your, your Instagram post is it shows your vulnerability in a graceful way, um, which I think is so very important because it's real and you're not peacocking about you're, you're very real about it. And then you're also recovery agnostic. And for listeners, what I mean by that is, um, Shay doesn't, press one form of recovery over another you you, you welcome everybody to your posts and i and i think it, it, it shows everyone's yeah. story is different and there is not one way to recover there are so many ways to recover there are so many amazing programs out there there are sober coaches there are i mean tons of ways and i i say the more the merrier yeah. <laughs> like why not why not join all the programs see what fits go to a smart recovery one night dharma the other night addict to athlete the next night why not it's just more connection and yeah. i don't think that there's anything wrong i think that the best what i've heard um one of my favorite things that i've heard is the opposite of addiction is connection mm, and i believe great. that's completely true and that's what I've found with the Instagram community as well is I, I have met some amazing friends and I actually met two sober gals in real life. We went to Vegas last month and we met and saw that. Out. I saw and that. It was the best. I mean, you could, I, no one would look at us and think that we didn't know each other our whole lives. It was so just Vegas an is an interesting choice too in sobriety. <laughs> Cause that was, that was the devil's den for me, man. Oh boy. <laughs> But we were, but it was nice because we had each other. So we knew we weren't going to drink because we were all there sober girls. So that was good because it was just off the table completely anyway. Right. And I like to gamble. I was really scared getting sober that I would not be able to gamble because I couldn't drink. And hey, guess what? Now yeah. I win. <laughs> you know when to hold them when to fold them because you're not wasting yeah. chasing it you're like ah I'll be fine yeah I, I i agree i i did see a recent post which i love because i'm a big fan like i mentioned before that i think that sobriety is our superpower and a recent post of yours it's batgirl it's a it's like a little barbie batgirl i'm gonna read it if i may if that is that okay yeah 
And uh-huh. it, whatever you're doing today, do it with the same confidence as a four-year-old in a superhero shirt. And, and I love yeah. it because that <laughs> I do that a lot in my mind is I think like I take a deep breath and I do it anyway. Um, and, and even if I'm scared, and, and that's the part in sobriety that I think if there is a message is that you'll, you'll knock down walls that you never thought possible before because you're real and you're present and you're taking on that, that challenge in a wonderful way. I read all day long again. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm better at work. Everything improves just like another post of yours. The secret to my happiness is simple. I got sober. But you do it again, and, and there's—I think it are Skittles. I'm not exactly sure, but they—they they look like Skittles um, on the on the post. But and I—and that's the nature of your posts, which which are wonderful. Um, Thank you. So I, I do like. What's life like now in your 18 months uh, of sobriety? Like, what's a day in the life like for you? I mean, I'm I'm curious because I like to focus a bit on the sunshine, and uh, I'd like to hear a little bit more about what the differences are between you now and you 19 months ago. Yeah, 19 months ago, I was sick in bed every single day, um, hugging the porcelain throne and dehydrated. I should have been admitted to the ICU numerous times because of my lactic acid levels being so high. Today, I can wake up early. I don't wake up at 11 or 12. I wake up around 6, 6.30. Um, and happily drive my kids to school, you know, and then I come home and I do social media, um, work on content and, um, things like that. I am working, I'm hoping to have my website up within the next month. It will be shaysober.com, but, um, it's not up quite yet, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. but it will have, um, stories, you know, other war, war stories from other alcoholics. And the things that we hear in the rooms of AA that maybe people that um, haven't been to AA yet can resonate with other people's stories, Um, some of my own stories and things like that on there. Um, I'll also be offering sober coaching. So I'm working a lot behind the scenes on the website and social media during the day. And then I also started my own spray tanning business when I got sober. Um, so I'm busy doing that. I work in a, I live in a little small mountain town, but my clientele is always going on vacation and we don't have like sun here. So I spray them tan. (laughs) That's wonderful. (laughs) You know, I did see your request by the way for, uh, and I'm going to, you can correct me if I don't say this exactly the right way, but, uh, war stories as it were. Um, so let's talk about what the, what the feel of the website will be because i think this is an important aspect i do it in a different way on the podcast but i think it's important for people to exercise those demons whatever that means and if you uh, so i'm all for this and I, I think it's pretty cool the way you're doing it so you will have people submit their stories um with you know protecting the innocent of course um yes. and you'd give them the opportunity to share the dirty details of like their worst nights kind of thing is that Exactly. So, so, you know, a lot of times people come on and say, oh, this is kind of where I started and how I've ended up kind of similar to what we did today. But this is, this is just those like individual stories, those nightmare stories is that this is how I got my DUI or, you know, that, um, yeah, the hard ones Mm -hmm. that remind us why we don't drink (laughs) anymore (laughs) and the ones that help us play the tape all the way forward that this is what happens um, when we drink. 
What so. I love about that is I think it gives people, like, well, well, there's two things. One, it, it's a looking glass. They can see forward um, it, like a crystal ball maybe and, and see what we life- We haven't gone to that quite that yeah, point yet. Exactly. Uh -huh. And then the other side of it is that there, no matter how bad it gets, there are people just like you. And I don't mean you, I mean the royal yes. you, right? Um, Absolutely. Where there are people as bad off as we were. And, and so, you, so they don't feel alone. And that's the part of recovery that I always try to stress. Like no matter how bad you think you are, there are people that are worse off. There are people that are not as bad as you, but just know that there are people just like you so that you can get help with dignity. You can get help with honor. You don't have to give up a portion of yourself in terms of weakness. It's it's all for strength. The hardest thing to do is to ask for help. And no matter what happens, there are others just like us. And, and people forget that people because a, a lot of people are, you know, I think maybe it might be half, half blah, sorry. No, no, <laughs> it may have to do with how we're raised, you know, sometimes when we're it's looked down upon to ask for help if you should know better or whatnot. I mean that was a fear of mine, but it's very true that real strength is knowing when you need help and asking for it because there are so many people out there that want to help. Yeah, you're right. And maybe in closing, I'd like to say that I'd like to just go back to a point that you made. Try try different ways to recover. If AA, and I, I am not for or against one or the other, I'm saying uh -huh. like you, try whatever works, do whatever works. Um, I think that if you tried AA and it doesn't work, then, mm -hmm. then try the next program and, and but work at it. Don't drink, just find the program that works for you and, and do that. And there's so many available options now online and websites like chaseover.com coming up, websites that have Zoom calls and AA meetings online or groups and options. And so reach out to uh, and find whatever works best. Um, yes. And I'm excited to continue to see your post. I'm so grateful that you came on and uh, I learned a lot from you and I love the opportunity to get to know you. Um, and I'd like to uh, let you know that I'm, if there's anything I could ever do to be helpful, have you back on the show, I would love the opportunity to have you back. I appreciate that so much. This has been such an awesome conversation. And in light of authenticity, I mean, I was scared to death to come and do this because this isn't my thing. My thing is <laughs> being behind the scenes, doing some little graphic design meme, put it out there, you know, <laughs> chatting, you know, this would have been hard for me a, a year ago. This would have been really hard, but um, facing it has really helped me a lot. And so I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity oh. to face something new for me. Yeah, I've just really appreciated your time and thank you so much for having me. It is absolutely my pleasure. And I'm just going to give everyone, uh, so it's Instagram.com slash Shay Sober and everything you need to find all of Shay's great posts and website links and everything else lives there. So, uh, and then ShaySober.com. Yes, thank you so, so much. Very welcome.